It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've talked a whole bunch about possibly trading up for like a corner you really like or something like that. What about trading back? Let's talk about it here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen, maybe your first watch of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you. Today's Twitter Tuesday. That means that I'm answering your questions. If you have questions for me, you can always send them to me at LockedOnVikings on Twitter or at LukeBronNFL on Twitter, or you can send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com, or there's a Google form in the show notes if you'd rather do that. Got some questions for you, a lot of them draft-related. That's what we're doing today. But the first one is related to an interesting rumor. I, I thought it was an interesting rumor from Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network, who said that the Chargers are looking to trade up for Penning, one of the tackles in the draft and that the Vikings might be the trade partner that they are negotiating with. And I find that particularly interesting because there's a trade that can work out there that works out really, really evenly there. So quick word about the trade charts. Um, and by the way, the question is from Fabian, who says thoughts on trading back in the draft. Um, boy, I have thoughts. So uh, on trade charts, the rule of thumb for me is that the Jimmy Johnson chart tells you a little bit more about how old school teams think um, the Rich Hill draft chart, which is a little bit more based on historical data and how teams have actually traded. Um, back in the day, Jimmy Johnson kind of coined the idea, or he takes credit for at least the idea of a trade chart that says, you know, this pick's worth this much, this pick's worth that much, and trying to compare that value. Um, the Rich Hill chart does that, but based on historical data. And then there are some other charts like a Harvard one and stuff that do a better job of telling you exactly how uh, p draft picks tend to pan out. So what the actual value is, but I like the rich Hill one because it tells me how teams are actually going to behave. So that's the one I'm going to use for like kind of all of this. Um, and on the rich Hill chart, if you trade pick 12 for pick 17, which would be the trade down the Vikings would do with the Chargers, So you move back five spots. Um, you can get their third rounder, which is pick number 79. And you just have to throw pick 184, one of our sixth rounders in to, uh, be a little pot sweetener. So if you trade your first and a sixth, you get a first and a third back. 
And for your trouble, you slide back five spots. I'd do that for sure. But for me, it's always about who's on the board. And depending on how the board falls, that could be a really good deal for the Vikings. I'd be pretty into it in a lot of scenarios. Um, right now, where I'm at on this board is there are a handful of players that could fall that you just slam. Derek Stingley's one of them for me. Um, Kyle Hamilton's one of them for me. I don't think he's going to get past the top five, but some people are saying because of his 40 time, he might fall. Um, so if that happens to go down, that'd be insane. If Sauce Gardner is there by some miracle of God, slam those picks, right? But... Barring those three players who are the ones that seem to have some chance of having an improbable fall past them, it all gets very samey to me. It all gets a lot of guys that I would kind of be equally happy with. Um, and maybe, you know, we look deeper and we'll find which one we prefer over the other. But if you miss out on one of those guys and you get a different one, you're not going to feel like you missed out on much. So moving back those five spots doesn't actually change the quality of player you're getting if you feel the same about a lot of guys. So do that, and then basically get a third for a sixth, that's a huge jump up, that rules. And so I'd be super into it. Um, but it, the board has to fall in a way that I'm not trying to slam a, a pick first, right? Similarly, um, that big Saints-Eagles trade that happened, if you missed it, the Saints traded their first this year and a first next year for two of the Eagles. The Eagles have three first-rounders this year, and the Saints just got two of them for that. So now the Eagles have two firsts this year, and the Saints have two firsts this year. And for the Eagles' trouble, they got um, a second in two years, and they got a third-rounder this year, and then there's some late-round pick-swapping. Um, that is an interesting trade to like break down on its own. We actually talked about it on the Locked On NFL podcast, which we do every Tuesday with Ross Jackson, who does Locked On Saints. So that was really fun to talk to him. Go check that out. Um, but what that means for us is that there might be some trading up for quarterbacks that goes on. Now, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like the pickets and the howls and blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I like Howell more than everybody, but he's, I don't think he's a top 10 player, but because of the way that quarterbacks go in the draft, they're going to be available very early and they're, you're going to have to trade up to get them. And that might happen, which means the Kyle Hamiltons and the Derek Stingleys get pushed down one more spot on the board. That's very good for us. So that's the, the your, your trade draft trade chart news of the day. Let's move on to the rest of the mailbag. Uh, repeat after me asks, last year, the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons, who fell down the draft to pick 12 after seeming like a consensus top 10 player. Which consensus top 10 player would be the would the Vikings be most excited to draft at 12 if a similar situation unfolded? Ignore Sauce Gardner for this, assuming he's the most logical choice. Yeah, okay, I think I agree. Kyle Hamilton, Trevon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, or Charles Cross? Um, okay, Trevon Walker's evaluation is getting very weird. A lot of people like weirdly don't like him. Kayvon Thibodeau, I get why people don't like him as much. Um, I, I think he probably is, you know, more likely than not to be the guy that everybody says. But also, um, he has a lot of athletic ability. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't looked as deep deeply enough into it. But my question is, does he know how to use his length yet? When I was looking at Elijah Vera Tucker, Tucker last year as a possible tackle for the Vikings, one of the games I watched was the Pac-12 championship where Kayvon Thibodeau timed up a bunch of snaps and kicked the crap out of uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, but he never used his length to do it. 
And so I was really concerned, like, does he know how to use that length? Because he had a huge reach advantage in that particular matchup and he still couldn't rely on it. So I was worried. I got to watch tape from this year to see if that has changed. But that's kind of the question I would be going in with when I get around to him. Um, But for now, I probably will say out of that group, Kyle Hamilton. I know people don't really like the idea of first round safeties and there's a positional value thing and all that. And I say, screw that stuff, man. That dude leaves two steps earlier than everybody. He knows exactly what's going on and he can basically just be Harrison Smith part two. He really, really, and I know the Notre Dame thing is probably like affecting me a little bit, but that versatility, that ability, I mean, Harrison Smith was never the fastest guy, and I don't think Kyle Hamilton is is either, Um, but they feel fast on the field because they leave two steps early, so they get there two steps earlier, and it looks like they were really fast, and it looks like they're way rangier than they are, but really it's a mental thing, Um, and for, for Hamilton, I would love to just copy paste Harrison Smith, get another 10 years of him. I'd be super, super into that. Um, but for the record, I don't think any of these guys make it to 12. Um, but if one of them would, I would love for that to be Hamilton. Nick Howard asks, curious to know if Cole counts toward the comp picks or if one of the guards we signed makes it a wash. Um, so yes, Mason Cole does count because his contract expired. So that's the thing about a compensatory free agent. They, they can't be a cut so or, or a void year thing. Like Anthony Barr, not a compensatory free agent. Zadarius Smith doesn't count toward the formula. So signing him, we don't have to give up a comp pick to do that. That's part of it, a part of what makes him cool value. So our compensatory picks are um, Tyler Conklin, Xavier Woods, and Mason Cole. Those are the guys that count toward the formula and signed a big enough deal with their new team to count toward the formula. And the compensatory free agent that cancels is Harrison Phillips cancels out Tyler Conklin. So currently we're dealing with uh, Xavier Woods and Mason Cole. I don't know how Chris Reed factors into that because we have to see how much money he makes. If he makes a contract that counts toward the compensatory formula, he would cancel out one of those as well. So we're either sitting with two sixth round picks or one sixth round pick. I got a whole bunch more questions that I want to get to. But first, let me talk to you about Grambling. I hope you live bet. <laughs> I've been talking about the live betting thing. I bet online for so long. I hope you live bet the, uh, the the tournament. Honestly, you could have live bet both championship games because South Carolina got out to a huge lead over UConn and you could kind of feel that that one was over and you could have bet against a, uh, a UConn comeback. And then on the men's side, of course, that big Kansas comeback, right? You might have been able to feel that coming too. So I hope you got in on that live betting apparatus at Bet Online. You can do player props and stuff. You can bet on all sorts of things, golf, tennis, um, even play your favorite Vegas casino game. So head on over to betonline.net. Get yourself a Gramblin at Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Let's continue on with this Twitter Tuesday mailbag. This next one is going to come from Bony Fingers Washington, who asks, what are your thoughts and opinions on the interior offensive line competition as it is? So call me old school, but on interior line, I I'm ready to get hurt again. I like a competition. 
when you have a lot of uncertain players, I don't like a competition between a bunch of players we kind of know are just okay. That doesn't ma magically manufacture a good one. But with players that have kind of high outcomes and low outcomes, Wyatt Davis could be very good. He could also be absolutely awful. In the scenario where he is absolutely awful, Chris Reed beats him for the job or Jesse Davis or whoever, right? Um, and in the situation where he is very good, great. He gets to start. Or if someone's even better than him and Wyatt Davis is good, what a fantastic problem to have. Um, Ole Udo, I guess, still counts toward that. I would rather see him as like a swing guy, a swing tackle type. Um, I don't think guard is a good place for him. He's got he's a little too grabby. He's got too many tackle based habits for playing tackle in the pros for three years and all of college. I just don't know if the, the move inside was the right move for him. Um, so we'll see what they do with him in camp. But honestly, I don't think any of these guys holds a candle to Chris Reed. I think Chris Reed runs away with it, the, the competition, and I feel great about that. I think that would be awesome if Chris Reed were our starting right guard. I'm really happy with him. And the rest of them seem like you have to do a lot of convincing yourself to be like, they're actually good. I don't hate Jesse Davis as much as everybody else does, um, but I don't think he would be like a positive starter. I think he would kind of be a little bit above, like a little bit better than like a Rashad Hill, which is far from exciting. Uh, Yannick Eckhart asks... If the Thielen successor as wide receiver two is similar to Justin Jefferson in playing style, not level of play, is that a problem? So absolutely not. Um, I, that would be rad as hell. I, it's hard to think of a playing style that I would like more to pair with Justin Jefferson than another Justin Jefferson. Because the thing about Jefferson is his playing style is get open everywhere. He's a very versatile and this is the Vikings have been so good at this. Stefan Diggs had this. Adam Thielen had this. Justin Jefferson has this. They aren't super stylistic receivers. They are kind of good at it all. Like contested catches. He's got it. Um, you know, route running. He's got it. Justin Jefferson can be a deep receiver. He can also be an after catch receiver. He can do what the game plan needs him to do that week. Um, and having a second one of those guys, it's hard to dream up anything preferable to that. Like, I don't want a guy that can only do one thing or another. I don't want a, a, a guy that's like an after catch, you know, Debo Samuel type versus uh, like in terms of style. I would much rather have a pure wide receiver that can just be another one, um, even if he's not quite as good than somebody who's trying to be a Debo Samuel and not be quite as good as Debo Samuel. Um, that is a, a much lesser situation to me. So yeah, if you can find a wide receiver, I, it sounds like, uh, you were talking about somebody in the draft. I don't know who you are referring to, but, uh, whoever it is, if that's the style, yeah, hell yeah, I'm all for it. Let's go. Uh, Jordan Barrett asks how much stock do the Vikings take in top 30 visits and, or is there anything in Quasi's history that would suggest the Vikings end up with one or multiple of their top 30 visit players? So if you wanted to investigate this, you could look at like teams Quasi was on and did they draft guys that they uh, had on their top 30 visits. I'm pretty sure you can look all that stuff up on something like WalterFootball.com or there are other databases out there if you don't want to go there. Um, and then like see like did they draft any of those guys. But that's really hard because Quasi wasn't purely in charge. So I don't know if Quasi liked drafting that guy or not. Or are we just studying John Lynch's and Andrew Berry's habits? Like, you know, are, are we really studying Quasi? So I don't know if you could do that. Um, it's kind of hard. The Vikings kind of did that, but I think in Rick's, um, they, they kind of did that with Rick, but in Rick's world, it was more of an information gathering thing. They would schedule top 30 players, top 30 visits with players they were having trouble coming to a conclusion on. 
And there were some players that they had absolutely no trouble coming to a conclusion on at all. And you don't need to go to their pro day. You don't need to go like really do all this stuff. You, you just know, you put them high on your board and you're done with them. And that's the evaluation. But then there are players who are difficult, more difficult, right? You got to go talk to somebody and say, hey, you know, it looked like you dogged this rep. What happened there? Or maybe there's an off-field thing you have to talk about. That's what the thir- top 30 visits were for with Rick. And, and I think with most teams, so I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Quasi kind of approach it the same way. Um, I, it's interesting to look at, but I don't really think of, ooh, they did a top 30 visit. They must be high on him. It's that they needed to know more about him. Obviously, they're interested, but they're going to be interested in everybody. And that top 30 visit is going to Im- affect the evaluation. And if it goes poorly, that might actually mean that they're lower on him. You know what I mean? So I don't usually... rely on those. They are kind of a crapshoot to me. Uh, Cho asks, re your mock of drafting Jordan Davis in the first yesterday being a redundancy. Why is it too early to talk about how ESPN's death chart has Jalen Twyman as our starting right defensive end? Um, Okay, that's wild. I don't know why uh, Jalen Twyman, I don't know if he makes the team. He was a sixth round pick that didn't play last year. I I liked his chances. Um, I liked his, I liked that pick a lot and sucks what happened to him. Um, and we'll see if he comes back healthy and all that, but whew, slotting him in as a starter is a bold take. Um, let's not talk about my mock draft from yesterday. That mock draft was terrible. So if you missed it, go listen to the show because it's still fun. And I talked about Chris reading it too. Um, but I basically ended up saying, what if we just eschewed need entirely? What if we just drafted dudes and we just absolutely didn't care if they fit our team or not. And I ended up with like Sam Howell and Jordan Davis. And I was like, this didn't make the Vikings better at all. None of these guys are even going to play. This is a catastrophe. And so that mock draft was awful, but we learned a lesson from it. So I feel okay putting it out there anyways, even though I can, that, that's the thing about mock drafts is like, I, I'm not going to come up with 10,000 different mock drafts that are all, here's one I would like to do. We, we're, we're trying to learn lessons from this kind of thing. I don't know why Jalen Twyman is starting right defensive end to ESPN. I think they just probably didn't look at it that close. Uh, Twilight Jettis asks, I know hashtag nickel is the new base, but what is our front seven in our traditionally base defense stacking up to be? Um, gosh, it's really hard for me to put labels on. Like, I don't know what Zedarius Smith will be called. Is he a, is an outside linebacker or a defensive end or a rover? Or is he going to be an off ball? Like, I, I don't know. He's something, but he's part of it, right? So the front seven is going to have him on it for sure. It'll have uh, Harrison Phillips, Dalvin Tomlinson, Daniel Hunter. There's a bunch of defensive linemen, um, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks. And then if you're not in nickel, you probably have um, another, you're probably in a more run package. Um, a more run oriented package. So you probably are going to have uh, another defensive lineman right now. That would be somebody like an Armin Watts, uh, or it could be somebody like a DJ Wanham if you wanted some, a little more speed on the field and it probably would be a rotating thing. Um, but if you're looking for an excuse to draft like a Georgia edge rusher or something, yeah, that's where they would play. Um, but you think of that more as a run package and less as the default package, like that's for third and twos. Um, I got a whole bunch more questions, so I really want to get to all of your questions today. So let me talk to you real quick about Rock Auto. Taking care of your car is very important. Do not let a little stupid noise or if a light comes on especially, take that thing in. And I know it's intimidating that mechanics and getting your car repaired can cost a lot of money, but I can save you a buck, all right? The reason, a lot of the reason that that costs money is because mechanics know that you have no idea how much a, a charcoal canister is supposed to cost. They know that you don't have a frame of reference for that, so they're going to charge you out the wazoo. Rock Auto ain't going to do you like that. They 
are a family company. They've been doing this online for 15 years. Just go to rockauto.com, enter your make your year and your model, and look at start searching for what part you need. They will hook you up with a part that's compatible with your car, get it directly from the manufacturer, cut out the middleman, ship it directly to your door, and the mechanic's gonna charge you like 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the exact same part. So just get the part, bring it to the mechanic, and say, I'll just pay you for the labor. Most mechanics will go for that. Or if you're just a do-it-yourself type, you know, Rock Auto can be a great resource for you. So head on over to rockauto.com. Whatever it is that you buy there, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Because if you do not, ZD will just keep on making noise in the background of these ad reads. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's keep going with this mailbag. Uh, The next question comes from Mitchell Dijkstra, who says, let's say Kyle Hamilton falls in the draft. Vikings pick him at 12. How would you best utilize a combo of Harrison Smith and Kyle Hamilton, who IMO is very similar to Smith? So I already talked about this. I agree with you. Yeah, he's very similar. Um, And one of the things about the Fangio style defense that makes it so powerful is that you never really know who is doing what job. So take, for example, a robber coverage, a cover one robber, right? Where everybody's man to man. And then your two safeties, one plays a deep zone and the other one plays like an underneath middle of the field, read the quarterback, try to pick stuff off zone. He's the robber. And because you don't know who's the robber and who isn't the robber, um, it's really hard for quarterbacks to read that. And listen, let, let me cite Kirk Cousins, who talks about how safeties are the thing that he relies on the most to tell him about the play. And what's going on in the play? Most quarterbacks are like that. And Cousins, uh, if you ask him about it, he'll really go into a lot of depth and kind of tell you what, like why that is. And part of it is if you watch Harrison Smith, and Harrison Smith is a bad example because he's very good at being deceptive about this, but quarterbacks will watch, let's say, Xavier Woods. And Xavier Woods comes upfield. You probably know that it's a single high coverage with Harrison Smith covering over the top. If he goes back or if he goes uh, toward the center, maybe he's a single high safety. If he goes toward the sideline, maybe it's a split safety thing. And that can tell you what category of coverage you're dealing with. And it can tell you really, really quickly in the first couple steps of of the play, maybe even before the play, if they line up like that pre-snap. The problem with doing that against the defense the Vikings are going to run is that Harrison Smith and let's say Kyle Hamilton both can do the same job. So if one of them comes up or if one of them backs off, that could mean a whole host of different coverages. And it's actually not as informative for the quarterback because they could be coming up field because it's a robber zone. They could be coming up field because of a run defense thing and somebody else is playing the robber zone. They could be backing off 
into a quarters thing. They could be backing off into a cover six thing. They could be backing off into a cover three thing. And it's really difficult to tell who is what. And you have to read the coverage more holistically, which is going to take quarterbacks longer, which is going to set up guys like Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter with more time to get to the quarterback. That's how a, a Kyle Hamilton type would set up somebody like Harrison Smith for success and himself for success. And they'd sort of compound on each other to just make things really hard for the offense to read, um, especially against young quarterbacks and, and some of the more like lower tier quarterbacks on the Vikings schedule. That would be super sick. George asks, knowing what we know about Justin Fields, would you rather have Fields and no first round pick this year or Cousins and the 12th pick? Um, so that's really interesting because it makes it out to be like, well, you know, the world with cousins has more resources. We have the 12th pick, but we would also be out a bunch of money. So would you rather have the 12th pick or $35 million, $31 million and 36 million next year? There's that resource conversation. But with Fields himself, my take on Fields is that he was a good prospect and the Bears wrecked him. Um, and they're going to continue to wreck him because they're putting out like a, like a B league roster. They're putting out an expansion team roster. It looks like it belongs more in the USFL than it does in the NFL this year. And it's going to hurt Justin Fields more. So if I'm going back in time and I'm having the Vikings make that trade, I'm also assuming that the, the Vikings don't ruin Fields as bad as the Bears did. I think the Vikings did more for Cousins than the Bears have done for Fields. So assuming he benefits from that, he might be a better quarterback as well uh, than he is in Chicago. And so I'm definitely taking that. I think I'm sticking to my take. Last year, I thought they should have made that trade. Um, they could have. They declined to. They could have traded this year's first for Justin Field and and to, to trade up for Justin Fields. Um, I, I said they should have done it then, and I'm still sticking to that. I think they should have done it. Jonathan asks, the Vikings could have started their offseason today because of the new head coach. Why did they choose to start it a week later? Being nice to the team, or what other reason could it be? Um, so load management is part of it, and that's a sports science thing. That's not like being nice to your players. That's like there's like science and health to it. That's trying to keep them healthy and keep them fresh and all that stuff. I don't know if that has a huge, a lot to do with it in like April, because we're pretty far away from camp. There's going to be a lot of rest after it. Um, but I think it's more to do with new head coach being behind because of waiting and stuff like that. A lot of teams do it this way though. A lot of it has to do, I think with like the new head coach and, and being in your first year as a head coach, there's more work to do and stuff like that. But a lot of teams do it this way. A lot of teams don't use the full two weeks. And I think it's just that the head coach has more important things to do than some drills you're going to forget in four months. Skull Actuary says, will Kenny carve out a role in the running back room this year, or is he destined to only be special teams? Um, I, I can't tell you if he will, like who knows, but I can tell you what needs to happen. He needs to read plays more quickly. He needs his brain to keep up with his legs because he's so fast. And he, a lot of times in runs he got last year, he ran himself out of where the play is supposed to go. He kind of ran, he, he ran too fast and his brain couldn't keep up and he couldn't make a decision quickly enough because his legs didn't give him enough time to read the play. So he needs to learn a little bit more patience. If he can do that, totally can, can get himself in the running back room. And look, Dalvin Cook's hurt a lot. Like there's definitely ways for this uh, to manifest itself, even if he does end up being, I think he's running back three though. I think he's got that job pretty much locked up. And then of course, Kirk Turner. Skull Train asks, if Derisaw gets hurt and is out for a game or two, would you rather see Ezra move out to left tackle or Udo? Um, oh, that's interesting. I think I would rather see Ezra move out. I think Ezra Cleveland would probably still do pretty decent at picking his tackle habits back up. I think he's done a good job of kicking them in the, like the back half of the season, and it's made him a better guard. Um, and I think he could pick them back up if he had to. And I trust that a little bit better than Udo. And I just think Ezra Cleveland's a better tackle than Udo was. 
So I think I'd rather see Ezra. And the other part of it is that we've now got like the the Chris Reeds and Jesse Davises of the world that can kind of help us fill in those guard spots if Ezra has to vacate. And I don't feel as good about just plopping Ole Udo at tackle. Like I would rather have Jesse Davis start than Ole Udo, I guess. And I think Ezra Cleveland would be, would be better than Udo. So I think I'm moving Ezra. Purple Pain asks expectations for Janarius Robinson. I'm hoping he can supplant Wanham for playing time. I don't know about the expectation at all. I, you can't really tell anything, right? He got hurt and you never got to know anything. From what I saw in preseason and camp and stuff, he, it's very Wanamish. It's very not very physical, and, and you kind of have to learn a little bit of technique and how to stack up a block and deconstruct a block and all that stuff. Some of those more refined bits of playing edge rusher. Um, Wanam's bad at it. Janarius Robinson hasn't shown me that he can do it at all. So I kind of have to default into thinking he can't, but I'm not as sure about him as I am with Wanam. But I think that they are competing for the same role, that same kind of not as physical of an edge rusher, maybe a nickel but pass rusher type, um, somebody who can also back off into coverage, be part of fire zone blitzes, that whole thing. There is a role for that in the defense the Vikings will run. Um, and I think Robinson and Wanam would be in direct competition for it for sure. Uh, Chris asks over under seven and a half draft picks by Quasi this year. Look, man, he's a Wall Street dude. You diversify assets. That's trading down. Trading down is diversifying your portfolio. That's a, absolutely a Wall Street thing. And so if he's going to treat this like stocks, he's trading down, man. We are right back in the Rick world of picking 11 times. Absolutely. I'm slamming that over. Uh, Kyle Slaby asks if you could make yourself forget all the details to the plot to one book or movie or video game you love just to experience the thrill of first reading, viewing, or playing it, what would it be? Um, not even close. It's the Knights of the Old Republic series. I'm actually replaying it right now. Um, the, the two Star Wars games from Bioware. The first game has one of the most legendary twists in all of gaming. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Go play it if you haven't. And the second one has a really cool story, awesome dialogue, and I would just want to play like the finished mod version that like fans finished because that game wasn't finished, but it's absolutely those games. Uh, and then finally, Ragnar's Ghost says, if you had to make a football team of animals, uh, who would be, which would be at each position? It would be a team of all 720 pound gorillas. Thanks y'all for listening to uh, Locked On Vikings. We'll talk tomorrow. Maybe I'll talk about Chris Reed or something like that. <laughs> you take, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy doing a great job over there with that. Go check it out. I'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.